Hello. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm here to interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast here. If you are not in the know, if you are not aware, Sonic and Knuckles will not actually be airing today due to conflicting schedules. I'm not sure when that episode will be recorded. Not sure when it will be released at this point. So instead, I am unlocking a special Patreon episode that I did all the way back in May, and it is on the entire Star Fox franchise. And if you would like more episodes like these, I I did an episode on Resident Evil Zero. I've got one on Super Mario All-Stars, which kind of delved into whether or not we need remakes or what should be remade these days instead of actually talking about Super Mario All-Stars, but that's just kind of where the Patreon goes sometimes. And you're also going to get bonus episodes called In a Flash, where I'm exclusively talking about early aughts Newgrounds Flash games. And I'm also talking about video game movies along with Ryan of Listoff. He's co-hosting that one with me, along with a ton of other perks uh, that include uh, Discord access. Uh, You're going to get all sorts of bonus stuff when Listener Request Month rolls around next year. So if you really feel like supporting the show and you want to make episodes like you're about to hear happen more often, you can visit patreon.com forward slash the main quest. And before we get to the episode in question, I, of course, have to give a special shout out to the patrons that made stuff like this possible. And that is David Palafox, Kayla Jackson, Eric Guess, Ashton, Chris Copeline, Zero Sam, and Van Fernal. You guys have my utmost gratitude, and I really, really appreciate you guys showing your support. And, you know, if you don't want to join the Patreon, that's okay. There are ways to show support to the podcast by sharing episodes on social media, telling your friends about the podcast, rating and reviewing. That helps as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you can just take a couple seconds and do that. That also works. I'm happy with that, too. So with that, I'm just going to get out of the way here as I have an entire conversation with Chris Dominguez from a novel console as we talk about literally everything Star Fox. Enjoy, you guys. Welcome, dear patrons, to a side quest episode here on the Main Quest Podcast. You may remember a few of these episodes from the main feed where I've either talked about modern video games or had in-depth discussions around different genres or game mechanics. And today we're actually going to be doing the latter because this year happens to be the 30th anniversary of Star Fox. And I thought it would only be appropriate to talk about how the franchise started, where it went, and where it is 
where it is currently. <laughs> and flanking me on my left here is my co-pilot for this episode, Chris Dominguez from A Novel Console to help me talk about the maybe the seven main <laughs> mainline Star Fox games here. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where this all goes. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank, thank you for having me, Keith. I, uh, dude, I have benched a f- uh, your show numerous times driving up and down to Georgia. And, you know, you, you're one of those few podcasts that just takes me back to my childhood, to the games that I played, even if they're games that I was, that I had other, uh, sequels that I was more fond of, like the Pokemon games, you still brought me back and you mm. have a great show, man. I'm, I'm very happy thank to you. be here. Thank you. How many of those games have I ruined for you? <laughs> honestly, be honest, <laughs> honestly, probably the Sega ones, because I'm probably never going to play a Sega game because I'm I, I, I'm not that interested. <laughs> but, OK, hey, you still make interesting, uh, uh, entertaining content. So, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't aim to ruin anything for anybody. You know, honestly, again, hey, it's OK to like a video game. Just sometimes it's OK to disagree. Agree yeah. to disagree, rather. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's true. Um, I uh, I had an episode once where me and a buddy covered Dragon Quest Eight. The our patrons voted for it, and uh, a book. He and my wife were tepid on the book, and he mm-hmm. was head over heels over Dragon Quest Eight. And I was like, I I don't like this game. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's actually kind of terrible. <laughs> but he told me what he liked. I told him what I hated, and you know. We understood it. Yeah, Dragon Quest is kind of, I don't know if you like the entire franchise or anything, how familiar how familiar you are with it. I, I'm i not very familiar. Um, Dragon Quest Eight is the only Dragon Quest game that I've played. I have a bunch okay. of them, um, which I should remedy at some point and just go ahead and start playing them. I think the next one I'm going to pick up is 4, but that's that's going to be later on this year, not anytime soon. I feel like it's a really hard franchise to penetrate because it is so faithful to those like fantasy roots, you know, it is um, I, my problem with it wasn't even that because some of the uh, scenarios and scenes that happened were very fairy tale and they were charming and adorable and all that. My problem is that the progression is very, very slow. Like you can have five fights in a row and you will get maybe 10 points of experience. That is a good point about Dragon Quest that you just made, like the fairy tale. It's like the Disney, like yeah. Dragon Quest is like Disney and Final Fantasy is like, uh, who fucking knows what Final Fantasy <laughs> is anymore? <laughs> hey, as as long as they they keep the ball rolling with the whole new metal, let's fucking kill chaos energy that they brought to <laughs> Hell yeah. Stranger of Paradise. I'm all for it. Just make, push it even farther. Like get get Chino Moreno in it. Get fucking Jacoby Shaddix in the next game. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mike Shinoda. Get all of the new metal legends into the game and just Cut double my down life on into pieces. <laughs> right. Like fighting a fucking Tonberry while that's playing in the background, <laughs> and have it be hey, that's, yeah, that's fitting, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. I, I would absolutely love that so much. Like I got, I, I was honestly a little bit disappointed they didn't lean harder into it, but I still had fun with the game. <laughs> Time permitting, I mean, I would like to hit all of these games, but I, I just don't think it's going to be possible at this point, uh, considering. <laughs> 
where this has gone already. That, that's more than fine. Just tell me to stop and I'll get back yeah. to the main thing. <laughs> This is Patreon, baby. This is this is uncharted waters here. Uncharted nice. waters. That's not what I wanted. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, so okay, Star Fox, right? I thought that we could start at the beginning here. Obviously, with the first game, I promised myself going into this that I would not do a shit ton of research. I spoiled myself on one of your episodes, kind of hearing your thoughts on the franchise and the fact that you also did research. So then I also felt a little bit better about kind of digging into it a little bit. Yeah. The problem is that for some reason, Star Fox clicked with me when I was a kid and I, I had a Nintendo 64 growing up and I had a bunch of games, but the only one that I played was Star Fox. For some reason, that's the only one that clicked. And I'm originally from Puerto Rico. So I, my first language is Spanish. I tell everybody that I learned English playing Star Fox. That's how much I played Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, to, to say that I'm, that I have a deep love for 64 and the series is a little bit of an understatement. I'm just, uh, picturing you running around the playground or something and then like in English, just telling your friends to do a barrel roll and they're like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> See, they're, they're all like, let's play Goldeneye. I'm like, no, let's play Star Fox. <laughs> we're seven. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask, like, how, how old were you when you, when you got it? Was the N64 your first console? The, my first console was a Game Boy, an original Game Boy. Um, then eventually my parents bought my cousin's 64 off of him um, with Mario 64 and Turok. Um, there was a local video game rental store, video store where they had Star Fox and I rented it a couple of times and I was really into it. So my parents were like, let's get him Star Fox. And I must have been between seven or eight. Star Fox came out before GoldenEye. And it, it seems like Star Fox was this huge thing for like at least four five or six months and it had multiplayer in it mm -hmm. uh i mean we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about star fox 64 specifically but it's like it paled into paled in comparison to what golden eye was and so it's like once yeah. golden eye came out it was almost kind of like nobody really cared about star fox anymore yeah like nobody no, no other game had a chance on multiplayer except maybe perfect dark and Mario Kart. Why, why would you play anything else when you can shoot your friends in the face? Well, then there's Smash Brothers later on. That too. Yeah. Keep forgetting about that. And if you're a real sicko, the first Mario Party, but oh, man. Uh, that would require a lot of medical attention. <laughs> yeah, bloody palms. <laughs> you're right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go from Star Fox 64? Did you ever go back to the, yeah. the well, uh, technically the first game? I, I did. Um, my uncle had a Super Nintendo in his closet, and one day I saw it, and he's like, oh, you want it? Have it. And he gave it to me. I had Mario Paint and uh, the Zelda game. I, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Link to the Past. Link to the Past. Yes. Yes, that one. And uh, I remember one day I was, I must have been like 16 or 17. I was out with my cousin, and uh, there was a game store that had a loose cartridge for like 12 bucks. And I'm like, oh shit, Star Fox, 12 bucks. So I bought it, took it home, couldn't get past Corneria, never played it again until the Super Nintendo Classic came out. And then 
for you in order for you to unlock Star Fox 2, you have to beat the first one. So I went through the first one. I'm like, well, how did I have such a hard time <laughs> originally with this game? Because it's really not hard at all. <laughs> and then Star Fox 2, I played it and yeah. It might have nothing to do with like just the very bare polygons and just how crappy that first game looks, but <laughs> Oh dude, it, it runs it runs like if you had an IV filled with the tar that they used to pave roads, that's how <laughs> slow it, it goes. It it chugs. Even on the Switch online, it still chugs. Yeah, Star Fox is like the dot matrix printer of 3D games. Yeah. If that um, makes I, any sense. I, I don't <laughs> know if you saw doesn't. the <laughs> So I don't know if you saw the video that I sent you, but they went over how they they even came up with the idea. Uh the people at Argonaut originally modded a Game Boy and made a chip in a bathtub full of acid, and then they programmed a 3D game on the original Game Boy. And Nintendo was like, Whoa, can you do this on a console? And they're like Maybe. And they're like, how much money do you need? They're like $2,000, two million dollars. And they're like, here you go. And they're like, yeah, Fuck, right? I wish we would have yeah. asked for more money. Yeah, I mean, let, let's go back to the, you know, the beginning of Star before it was even made, right? So Dylan Cuthbert is the Star Fox person, essentially. And he actually started programming using a ZX Spectrum and was making just like these very like archaic sounding physics engines that like you wouldn't even like think a ZX Spectrum could pull off. And like, keep in mind, also, as I'm talking about this guy at this time, he's like, 16 17 years old yeah and he reverse he reverse engineered an amiga and at that point it's somewhere around here that argonaut hires him to start working with them at that time argonaut was actually doing stuff with nintendo anyway they, they were doing stuff with the nes nothing like they would do with Star Fox. um and then yeah what you said they they made that uh game called x for the game boy which I don't know if you looked up videos of this thing. Very fucking impressive, especially since I just, I mean, coming off of covering the Game Boy uh, last year and looking at what X is, which is, it's kind of like uh, first person Star Fox. Just very, very simple, though. It's fucking cool, though. It's cool that they made that on a Game Boy. And like the the video that I was watching, like they were showing gameplay of the game. And I, I was like, this looks really good. I, the person that built this for this video specifically is very good at what they do and they're like and they just keep talking about it and I'm, and I'm slowly realizing that this is the actual fucking game I'm like damn that's yeah. insane <laughs> that's fucking insane it looks so simple but then when you realize like when you look at all the other game boy games on that system it's like this doesn't look like anything that should be able to be played on a game boy it, it's crazy Mm -hmm. and, and i think i made the joke to you off air that i was just like yeah think about 
you know, because they re, uh, reverse engineered the um, Argonaut software actually has like a very um, has the very same kind of through line as Rare did with Nintendo because Rare reverse engineered the NES and Argonaut software reverse engineered the Game Boy and Nintendo both. Uh, well, in the Game Boy's case, Gunpei Yokoi took notice and was like, hey, you guys want to like start designing games for the you guys want to start designing like. 3d games on the super nintendo or whatever and, it, and these like, days the super like nintendo <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and, and these days like if somebody was was going to reverse engineer like the switch or something nintendo would send like a cease and desist <laughs> like they're not going to offer somebody a job yep they're they're they won't even let you have their the soundtrack to Fucking Advance Wars on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Imagine if you started yeah. reverse engineering something for them. <laughs> imagine if you cover a piece of their music straight oh. to court. Oh man, <laughs> terrible, terrible practice. And so yeah, they yeah, just like you said, they basically um, Argonaut soft. I I read this. Um, I didn't see it on the video, but I read this article on Schmupplations, and at this point, I mentioned Schmupplations so many times throughout the show that they should just be a unofficial sponsor at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> I read this like really old article with Miyamoto and he really just kind of breaks down the limitations of the super Famicom and what it actually wasn't able to do with Argonaut working on it. I, I don't want to get like too much in the nitty gritty of what he said. Half of it. I don't understand. Anyway, Nintendo loved shoving expensive hardware into their cartridges. So it was really you know, no, they, they did it a ton of times with the NES. Uh, they would continue to do it with the uh, with the with the Super NES, which is why a lot of the cartridges would range from like fifty dollars to like ninety five dollars. This is just really, really pretty much all over the place. But yeah, the, the Super Nintendo just wasn't good at rendering 3D. It could and it couldn't, and so that's why Argonauts was like, well, if you really want us to make a truly 3D game, we need to make this chip, and we need the money to do it. And Nintendo was just like, yeah, we are literally the biggest uh, gaming company in the world. Here's a check. Make your chip. That's where the Super FX chip comes from, and uh, it wasn't used in a lot of games. Actually, it was, uh, it was used in in three games. It was F Zero, Star Fox, and some other mm -hmm. racing game. The racing game eludes me now. Buggy yeah, something. It, yeah, yeah, it's I like forgot. something completely generic, stunt, not memorable. Stunt race FX. That's it. That. that. Yeah. Uh, so if you ever were in a rental store or something, and it had that little FX logo on it, that's that's Argonaut. Oh, and that same article as well. Uh, and this is something I actually was not even aware of. Uh, Miyamoto talks about the park that was near the Nintendo offices at the time. And a lot of Star Fox takes inspiration from that Japanese park. So um, I think it was called right. yeah, and I'm the gonna, shrine. Yeah, I'm going to butcher this <laughs> this name, but it's like uh, Fushimi Inaritashi Shrine, which was filled with uh, Kitsune, which are foxes in Japan. And a lot of the gates that you fly through in Star Fox represent a lot of the the gates and bridges that are found in that in that park. So also the legend of, you know, dog versus monkey 
Andros versus Fox, same thing. Um, and I also learned that Falco, not a falcon, he's a <laughs> pheasant. <laughs> so going back to the the dogs and monkey thing, I, I find that so funny. Like videos of dogs and monkeys fighting. I had never put it two, two and two together, but they <laughs> fucking hate each other. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> like now it makes more sense. Um, I, I, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of, of ourselves, but in, in the final fight in Star Fox Zero, Andros is like, oh, you're a fox. Why are you taking orders from a dog? Wouldn't you rather take orders from a monkey? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he saying? Just like, it's like, man, Nintendo's got real racist in 2016. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, shit, what? I know you were going, but damn, dude. <laughs> Bimoto was like, well, now that now that he's gone, I'm going to run wild. <laughs> These naming conventions, man. So, okay. I feel like I'm going to get ahead of myself with the lore here. Fuck it. You know, whatever. It's Patreon, baby. So what I need to know, James McCloud, right? That is Fox's father, correct? Mm -hmm. So is James McCloud the Fox that is in the first game? And then... No. This is what I never understood. So Star Fox 64 is literally just like a soft reboot, essentially, right? It's, it's Am a I getting whole, that right? It's a whole-ass remake. Okay. Uh, I, did you play through the original Star Fox, through all of it? Yes. So for this recording, uh, because with, I mean, my personal history with the franchise is I played 64, mm -hmm. and that's it. <laughs> I played 64 when it came out when I was a kid. <laughs> And never, because Star Fox just never, like, I would see it on the shelves at rental stores. I would see the Super Nintendo version, uh, the first game. And there was just, like, nothing about it that drew me in. Because a, a lot of a, a lot of it was just kind of judging a book by its cover, right? A mm -hmm. lot of the artwork on those boxes dictated whether or not I was going to be playing it or not. Yep. And something about it just... It's, it was plain. It's a very plain, boring cover. It's just Fox standing there, and I think there's an R-Wing behind it, but yeah, it's a terrible yeah. look, looking R-Wing. it was just like, yeah, I, I don't know. There was just something, I was just like, yeah, I'm not interested. And then 64 came out, never went back to the first one, um, and I loved 64, by the way. And then after 1997, it seemed like Star Fox had a very rough patch uh, which yeah, it, it did. you know this those were I mean those to be fair those were Nintendo just really trying to get their foot back in the door, which didn't really happen until the Wii. But you know yeah. So besides that, before even coming on to record tonight, I went back, played through one and two, uh, sixty four. I dipped about like thirty minutes into Adventure. I played about. 30 minutes of assault which is pretty much like almost the entire game i should have just finished it <laughs> <laughs> i don't have command and i played like 15 minutes of zero and i was like i'm never playing this again so <laughs> you know zero hurts me but we'll we'll get there when we get there zero fucking broke my heart man so that's that's my history uh i guess uh up to this point so it seems it seems like a, a, a 
what everybody else has gone through with Star Fox. You know, just play 64, maybe a little bit of the original, that's it. So so the reason why I asked if you played the original is that in the original, the only person that has some sort of personality is General Pepper. He's the one that tells you what to do before every mission. Um, he kind of gives you warnings or, you know, he's like, oh, there's a bioweapon and that's it. Everybody else just says the same line. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, Fox barely talks. Um, so in 64, it's a complete whole remake of the first one. Lore-wise, uh, character-wise, uh, the planets, the, the Lilat system is rearranged entirely, which is what they did with Zero as well. They basically just redid everything. All of the characters feel somewhat different. They're more competent, but I also blame that on the Wii U's power. You know, you're not playing a game on a toaster like on the 64. Um, and there's, there is some backtracking on the Wii U game. Like every, I, I played, I went one go of the campaign. Apparently there's multiple paths and shit like in 64. And I enjoyed it. The only thing that I didn't enjoy was the final boss. And because of the final boss, I know that game is never going to get ported anywhere. Yeah, but yeah, sixty four is just a whole remake of the first one. Well, let's t- let's start talking about these games. Yeah, um, we're just exactly. kind of all over the place. So the first game here, we've got Star Fox, released in nineteen ninety three, uh, developed by Argonaut Software and Nintendo EAD. What do you think about this game? I think it's a technical marvel. Then again, I think. The first two, well, the first three Star Fox are technical marvels. Um, but anyways, I think it's a technical marvel. It looks for the Super Nintendo, actually seeing on a Super Nintendo playing and seeing all of these polygonal graphics and it actually being playable, even though it does chug a little bit. It, I, I think, I think it technically it's impressive as a whole game. It leaves a little bit to be desired. Uh, the music is pretty fucking dope, though. Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of echo what you said. I, I, I on, a, on a whole, I don't think it's I don't think it's a terrible game. I don't think it's great either. I, I don't think there's a lot of reason to really go back to it unless you want to see what the Super Nintendo was capable of doing with that FX chip because it is a te- it is a technical marvel. I. You know, as rudimentary as it is, just having these like incredibly textureless, smooth, like literal just polygon, just polygons on a screen, um, <laughs> as rudimentary as it is, uh, it's amazing that a Super Nintendo could pull something like that off. And it's not like this was like the first of its kind. Like a lot of you know PC games years prior to Star Fox were kind of like doing stuff like this. But like really not many people were gaming on PCs back then. So for this to be on a home console and not in our arcade either. Um, very, very, very impressive. And it was also, you know, with Star Fox 64 being a remake, there's so much of Star Fox's Star Fox 64's DNA in this game already. I was surprised at how like almost one to one the games were as as far as um 
you know, just just the exploration side of things, because there are different routes. Are, wait, are there different routes in this first one, or is that just the second one? So no, the the first one there are different routes, but it's choose your path. So if, oh right, right, yeah. So if you want to go easy, then choose the regular one. If you want to go medium, the second one. Then if you want to put your balls against the wall and staple them there, then the hard one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So you, yeah, you get your easy, medium, and hard hard paths essentially. Yeah, there's there's so much of that that DNA in this game, and it was very surprising. So it's like if you're familiar with Star Fox 64 and you want to know like what the step down is, <laughs> basically, you want to know you want the low poly uh, D make is what the kids are saying these days of Star Fox 64. That's Star Fox, essentially. I, I feel like if you like Star Fox 64 or if you're a fan or you are trying to play like the must play games if you play star fox 64 since it's such a short game just put like 10 minutes in the original if you can just so you can see what the root was the the building the basic building blocks for what star fox 64 is yeah like as archaic as it is it's still i think it's still very playable i don't know if mm -hmm. you agree with me like no. it's very playable yeah. like the controls are a little wonky i think the the biggest thing against it, and I don't know if you had this problem, was the aiming. The aiming is awful. I feel like the aiming is awful because of the frame rate. If the frame rate was, was a more steady, then I feel like the aiming would be much better because you could keep a constant stream of shots going. And Absolutely. they would start, like, chugging. Because when they start chugging, like, good luck hitting something. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And with, with, with a game that's basically, it's crucial... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that your aiming uh, has to be on point. Uh, it can get a little bit frustrating, but I, you know, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think there's really any reason that you have to play this, but it's it's a nice little history lesson. And again, like you like you said, it's very brief, so uh, you're, you're in, you're you're out of it uh, before you even know it. So yeah, yeah, no, like I, I thought I was gonna be on it for an hour, and I don't even think I put twenty minutes into it, and I was through the whole thing. And so then the next game, technically, uh, is Star Fox 2, which was supposed to be released in 1995, but did not come out officially until 2017 on the, the SNES Mini. Uh, and that was developed by Argonaut Software and Nintendo EAD once again. And essentially, this game got shit canned at the last minute. It's pretty much done. Uh, essentially because, well, Two reasons um, is because the the one reason that's pretty much what Nintendo would want you to know is that the game just costs too much to make, but it was made already. It's ninety five percent done when they can. Right. Yeah. The other reason, uh, which Nintendo probably wouldn't admit, is that they were just embarrassed because the PlayStation was out, the Saturn was out. Those could have actual real rendered three D graphics, and. Star Fox 2 would have completely just looked like trash next to the next next gen consoles. And they were also already working on the N64. So they're like, well, why don't we just work on a game for the N64 instead? So the, the N64 was supposed to come out like five months after Star Fox 2 was originally said to come out. So they cancel Star Fox and then they delay the 64 three times, which ends up being like a year and a half which could have been time where we could have had Star Fox 2 while we waited exactly. for the 64. But, hey, we got it eventually. 
it's not like Nintendo stopped releasing games on the Super NES in 1995. Mm-hmm. I think Earthbound came out that year. Super Mario RPG. Like they were still putting out games. So yeah. it's like, why, why not put out Star Fox 2? And why not put out Star Fox 2? Star Fox 2 is a great game. I don't know how you feel about it. Oh, man, I think we're going to defer here. I, okay. I, so a lot of the elements from Star Fox 2 were pushed and put on Star Fox Command and Star Fox Zero. So you got the walkers in Star Fox Zero. You got the whole map for you to fly the ship and whatever in Star Fox Command. I and I, they introduced a couple of things in two. They introduced Star Wolf. They introduced all range mode. Um, and all range mode, as I, I would have loved if they would have let you actually see the ship while you were flying, because all they do is they give you a reticle. And you have the reticle, and then you have your actual crosshairs, like, moving around the screen. And right. it is the most disorienting thing in it, that I could think of that you could add to a <laughs> flight simulator game when you have fucking Star Wolf shooting at you and you're just trying to aim it. <laughs> you know, when you think you're centered, you're actually off all the way to the left. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um other than that, the, the walker segments I did like, and I feel like the game runs a whole lot smoother than the original Star Fox. I completely agree with you with the, basically it's a, the first person sections uh, that you dive into with when it's just the reticle. Uh, the only reason why I didn't mind that is because I was, you know, I was so used to that kind of style growing up playing like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter mm, okay. uh, and stuff like that. Uh, so I didn't mind that too much. I do agree with you. It's it's a little disorientating because there's not, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? There aren't like any landmarks to really judge where exactly you are. They do have a little bit of an icon that pops up on the screen to kind of let you know where the enemy is. And luckily, like when you're in these sections, you're not really fighting more than maybe like two or three enemies at a time. The one thing that did annoy me was that big ass dragon boss. <laughs> that appears that, like robot yeah. dragon or whatever yeah um that fight sucked but the, the other ones i really didn't mind too much um but i do get your the, point like you mentioned the dragon boss like I, I hadn't played this game since i played it the first time on the nest mini and i started fighting it in like the first volley of shots that i managed to get in i took down a whole shit ton of his health and i was like this is gonna be fucking easy and then he won't open his mouth ever again <laughs> like fuck i just want to yeah. kill it <laughs> dude that was uh that was when i lost my first guy i lost my first guy on that boss because i would just oh, like man. refuse to go like uh get my shields or whatever um i lost corneria twice before i actually beat the game this time oh really <laughs> yeah i came over twice <laughs> yeah i was having a rough time dude <laughs> so this is uh, so let me tell you why i like this game and i think hot take this might be like my second favorite star fox game really because in a way so Unlike Star Fox 64 and unlike Star Fox, uh, the game that preceded it or preceded it that came before it was that it's almost like a roguelike in which you kind of you literally get to choose where to go and it matters where you go. And if you choose the wrong thing, you will lose Corneria uh, because essentially yeah. essentially Corneria uh, is under attack and there are ships and bases around its atmosphere there are uh bases that are located on other planets that are shooting stuff at it 
And you kind of have to pick and choose where to go, like what's going to be the most urgent threat to Corneria at that time and, and kind of balance, try to balance things out. Uh, so there's a lot more strategy involved in this game than probably in a lot of the Star Fox games. Yeah. Yeah. So Command does pretty much the same thing. Every single stage, you have a map and you have to defend a Great Fox. Now, the Great Fox uh, can shoot missiles that you collect throughout the the map. So you can shoot down threats to the Great Fox. But if they touch the Great Fox, you lose. So you got to be strategic. And also, the map is filled with the fog of war. So you don't know where the bases are until you actually start moving. It gets brutal, especially that, that first stage. I, I I failed the first stage. I was like, where the fuck did that shit come from? And I then remembered the placing of the bases. Like, oh, just fucking drew my map and got through it. How are you supposed to know where something is firing from? Are you just supposed to? So, how are you supposed to know until the Great Fox is hit? So, no. So you see the enemies. So you see the ship enemies. You see the, the missiles and everything that they shoot. And you see where they come from. But you don't actually see where the base is located. Now, you will obviously know that the base is like right at the end of the missile. So you just have to make your way there after you knock down the missile. Um, and you can see the enemies moving around the map. What you don't see is where the bases are. And like, there's, there's like, um, obstacles and everything. Like, if you see a couple of asteroids or, or pieces of rock or whatever on the map, when you try to draw your map, your line through it, like, it gets jammed up in between and it like makes the R-wing zigzag in between the, the rocks. So you can't just fly straight through them. So it, I, I really like Command because I feel like they just got so creative with the map and the way that it plays. Like, I, 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 I love that game. Uh, the other thing I liked about Star Fox 2 is the fact that it felt like your your squad members mattered because you... Uh, I shouldn't say that because in Star Fox 64 they matter as well. But it was it's an interesting choice to be able to choose what pilots you bring along because it acts more of, it acts more of like a, a, a nice little lifeline along with also obviously trying to defend Corneria. Obviously, if that goes, then it's game over. It doesn't matter if you survive or not. So I thought that was kind of a nice change of, nice change of pace as well. Yeah, no, um, um, I do like that, that you do get the option to have a, a, a wingman. And I do like that you have three, basically three different choices and color choices to choose from. So you have your balanced fox, you have your heavy hitting slippy or your fast fay and then you get to choose blue or red <laughs> so it it really you get to take who you want and to fit your play style the most when you go and actually start playing well, speaking of fay she never comes back does she no and and the other one doesn't either i i don't know what the other one's name is is it tina is it tina fay <laughs> <laughs> it's tina fay uh yeah cuz i think Somebody gets replaced for Crystal later on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Peppy gets replaced by Crystal. Uh, Mew. The other one's Mew. Okay. Yeah. They never. Yeah. As far as I know. No. Um, I, I have mean, not seen them in, in the other games. No. They introduce Cat, but she, oh, has, right. yeah. she has nothing to do with them. Uh, what did you. So, what did you, you mentioned that. Uh, you mentioned the all range mode. We already kind of talked about that. Uh, this also introduces the Walker. 
uh, also known as the chicken walker amongst fans. Uh, <laughs> what did you think about those sections? I, uh, Matt, to be honest, I would have played a whole game of that. I feel like the auto aiming and having to keep moving the entire time so you don't get hit was fun. I felt like those stages didn't last long enough. Yeah, I, for I sure. I was. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I didn't like the before part where you have to step on the switch and wait for the door to open. But everything after that is great. The whole just stepping on the switch thing was just like, I I guess like it's not there's nothing challenging about it. It's like, oh, there's the switch. Let me go step on it. And, and then you just do you step on it and then you're just on to the base. It's just like, what, like, why would I even stick around and fight anything? I don't know. It was just. They bring it back in zero for alternate paths. So if you don't see the switch and you don't turn into the chicken at the right time, you miss your alternate path. <laughs> it's so, so stupid. That sounds fr- with the way that game controls. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Man, zero is so frustrating. I had an amazing time and I hate everything they did to that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I not only did I not mind these sections i was actually impressed at how well they pulled them off again on the super nintendo like i thought this was going to be some like really weird tank controly jittery mess but it wasn't it's arguably modern shooter controls it's very smooth yeah and it's like i thought it wasn't going to be i thought it was gonna i thought there was gonna be some bullshit where it's like if you accidentally turned back into the r-wing the room you were in was gonna be like way too small and you're basically going to like take damage and kill yourself uh if you did it on accident but no, no like, like all of the rooms are like inc- you can still fly around in the rooms that you're mm-hmm. in and like there there are one or two rooms where you need to turn into the r-wing to get like a power up or a health up or something like that so yeah some of the um sections towards the end when you're on venom uh some of those corridors can be there's a lot of 90 degree turns yeah you can fly the r-wing through there but you're going to have a tough time. Yeah, but I don't know. Overall, like, I really enjoyed Star Fox, too. I think if you're going to go back to one of the uh, Super NES games, uh, probably check out Star Fox, too. That, that's my recommendation, if, if I had to pick one. Honestly, even though the original Star Fox did it first and it has more on-rail uh, segments, which are, like, crack to me, um, Star Fox 2 might be the better version, um, even though it's it's tactical, um, but it does it, it has better frame rate. You know, it, it looks better. I, I, I don't I don't know what to say. Like, it, it's fun. It's still fun. Even though I, I have my gripes with it, I still think it's a fun game. So on to the next game, the big one, uh, where I imagine we will probably talk about this game for probably the rest of the podcast. Um, Star Fox 64, released in 1997, as we talked about earlier. 
and only developed by Nintendo EAD. Do you know what happened to Argonaut? Like, what was the falling out here? Do you know? So, the as far as I understand it, is they were making Star Fox 2, and Nintendo said, we're not going to release it. And they're like, okay, so what do you want us to work on next? And Nintendo's like, we'll get back to you. Mm. Oh, yeah, because they... All right, now I'm starting to remember. Oh, actually, they pitched a Yoshi platformer. Yes. That's yep. what happened. Yeah, and Nintendo was like, thanks, but no thanks. And then Argonaut split from them and made Croc, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> um, they they remember, turned that Yoshi game into Croc. I remember Croc being super slippery for some reason. I have not ever played a Croc game. No. <laughs> there was... um. I think around the time Croc came out was kind of where I was like, there's way too many mascot platformers and stuff like that. I'm I'm out. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm out. I was never a Crash guy. Never got into Crash or anything. I played the first game, never finished it. Yeah, just I was out on platformers. You live with that shit for so long, you just get fucking tired of it. But yeah, like like we talked about plenty of times, I mean, this was essentially a remake of the first game which wasn't entirely a new thing with like nintendo seems to do that with their franchises all the time basically super metroid is just metroid ocarina of time is just a link to the past uh star fox 64 just star fox ironically uh the situation with argonaut uh because eventually dylan cuthbert would go on to make uh, or not make, but establish another development company called uh, Q Games, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. And they did the remake, the 3DS remake of Star, so- Star Fox 64. And, so. and Command, they did both games. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So d- yeah. Nintendo, they eventually, they, they shook hands or like, yeah. all right, let's, they, let's work on this stuff. Eventually together. they called them back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I meant to check out, because I know... Uh, there, there was that Giga leak from 2020, and I know there's a ton of stuff in that Giga leak uh, regarding uh, a lot of the Star Fox games. I meant to check that out. The one thing I do know off the top of my head is in that Giga leak were all of the completely like raw, uncompressed audio files, all of the dialogue in Star Fox 64. And I don't know if you checked that out by any chance. I had no idea. I'll put some of that in here right now. He's invaded the Lilat system and is trying to take over Corneria. Our army alone can't do the job. Hurry, Star Fox. He's invaded the Lilat system and is trying to take over Corneria. Our army alone can't do the job. Hurry, Star Fox. I thought they had me. Things are starting to heat up. I thought they had me. Things are starting to heat up. It's quiet. Too quiet. Be careful, it's a trap! Just shoot it, Fox! Don't mess up that R-Wing! It's quiet. Too quiet. Be careful, it's a trap! Just shoot it, Fox! Don't mess up that R-Wing! Man, wasn't that great? (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um... It's so... Because, I mean, I played... I've got an N64. I'm like, yeah, man, this is exactly how I remember it. This sounds great. And then you go back and you listen to the uncompressed... This like literally like how we're talking through a microphone 
it sounds so fucking good. It sounds weird at first because you're like, this is this is how I remember it. But then you go and listen to the actual game. And it's like, oh, no, like this is very different. Yeah. Um, I, so earlier I said that I, I think that Star Fox 64 is a technical marvel. And it's it's mainly because of the voice acting up to that point. The only voice acting that I had heard on any game was just Mario screaming anytime he did something. <laughs> yeah. So when you have like full voice lines throughout what seven times three roughly amount of stages and you have full voices for like the whole thing in 1997, like that's impressive. On an right? N64, which yes. wasn't really capable of doing that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like the Tony Hawk game, the songs had to be cut specifically a minute 30 so that they could fit for the stages because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to put music in the game. It also just sound sounded like shit comparatively to the CD based games. Yeah. Yeah. But on top of that, the game today, I played it on the Nintendo Switch online. I think it still looks great. I played it on the 3DS. I think that looks way better and sounds way better. But I'm just a fanboy, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. I just love 64 so much, dude. <laughs> no, yeah, same. I So this is going to probably come to a surprise to a lot of my listeners um, or anybody that even follows me on social media because I shit on the N64 a lot. A lot of those games do not hold up, in my opinion. And I was when I was going to play Star Fox 64 for this episode. And, you know, we're not here again. We're just casually discussing the franchises here. So we're not really dismantling the games like I usually would. Uh, I was ready to I was ready to be hurt, Chris, <laughs> when, I, when I started that game up. But as I played it, yeah. I was like, no, this is fucking great. Like Corneria looks really good that first level's amazing uh and i think a lot of it is due to the fact that a lot of the environments like after corneria you are just basically in space for the most part they didn't have to do a lot of like dressing up the environment or anything like that um a lot of it was just like almost empty space with just enemies in it if if that makes any sense yeah there's that one level where you're on the Mm -hmm. sun um again Obviously, because it's the sun, incredibly very vibrant uh, stage, tons of and like tons of it's I mean, some parts of this game can really chug. But when it's not, it looks fucking gorgeous. So I like to do this thing in I think it's Sector X, the one where you fight the robot with the arms that shoot the hit Slippy and sends him to Titania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, at the beginning, you have a bunch of ships just coming out. Then you have, like, a whole corridor filled with mines. I just like to spam the the bombs because it just makes the game chug so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it cannot take all of those explosions at the same time. <laughs> well, that's, like, that's the thing, too. Like, when, and I still do it. I still do it all the time. Is like, when there's a huge group of enemies and I'm, like, yeah, I could probably just take them out with the laser, but I want to just like start spamming the bombs. As a kid, <laughs> you don't know what lag is or anything like that. You don't nope. you don't understand what frame rate a frame nope. rate drop is. Frame I'm just rate like, drop. That's slow right, motion. I'm, 
<laughs> exactly. I'm just like watching, watching all of these ships blow up and everything. Like and the explosions are very. Uh, the sound design in this game is oh, it's great. Great, yeah. Um, in in Katina, when the fi- mother mothership finally comes out and it drops all the ships, if you just start spamming bombs, you're killing enemy ships and you're killing Bill's friends, and it, yes. the game is just super slow because there's a huge amount of ships out there, and on top of that, you're making explosions everywhere. It's great. Yeah, it's just like yeah. As a kid, I'm like, yeah, this is like so cinematic. But it's like, no, the frames are just dropping to like five. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, but man, there. When I was a kid, like this is like the first game that I actually sank my teeth into, and I felt that there was any sort of progression because, like I said, I didn't know English. So I didn't know what to do to move on. Like in Ocarina of Time, I had no idea how to get the Kokiri sword or the shield. And Star Fox was like the only thing where if I can make it to the end and kill the boss, I can move on. So that, like, it, it just it just felt great. Like being able to knock the legs off of the first enemy in in Corneria, if you don't go the alternate path, is just was just like a dopamine rush when you're a kid. You know, yeah, there were like magazines and stuff out back in the day, uh, like walkthroughs. There, there were guides that you could buy. It was very few and far between for me personally, in which I would actually go seek that kind of stuff out. So like just getting good at the game, you know, like take Cornet, the first level, for instance. You're replaying that level so often that naturally you're just going to get better at it. And when you do eventually, you know, who knows how long it takes you shoot down those enemies that are chasing down Falco. And he's like, Oh, Hey, I found the secret path. And you're like, you fucking what? (laughs) (laughs) You fly underneath that waterfall and you see this part of the game that you haven't seen before, even though you've played the game at least probably maybe a dozen times Mm -hmm. at this point. And you're like, wait, what else can I do? Like, yeah. And you open up a whole other path and you're like, Oh, I can actually go to these planets? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I cannot tell you how many times I beat Corneria straight through Venom going all the lower route until my cousin comes over one day and he's like, oh, if you shoot down the enemies chasing Falco and you fly to, through the rings, you'll go to the next stage. And like, I did it. I'm like, holy shit, there's the next stage. And it starts with the armada. There's these four suits of armor, like, flying in towards the screen. And I'm looking, and I'm like, is that the Star Fox team? Did I get a new vehicle? And he's like, just watch. And they kill one of them, and he goes like, that's Peppy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they killed Peppy? <laughs> and then Star Fox flies in. I'm like, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> so did you did you play? I, t- I mentioned the multiplayer earlier. Did you ever really play that? Uh, when I was a kid, not a lot. Um, when, now that I'm an adult, I've played it a lot more than I was when I was a kid. And I had found out when I was a kid that if you get all of the medals on a regular mode, you get the Landmaster. If you get all of the medals in expert mode, you actually get to play as Fox, Slippy, Peppy, or Falco on foot with a rocket launcher. I never got that far. (laughs) I will tell you that. So I, I did that with with a friend of mine, and man, 
that was <laughs> dude, <laughs> incredible. Oh, so you I, didn't mind the multiplayer? No, no, because oh, okay. Because the thing is, you got to play with like people that actually want to play Star Fox. <laughs> like, if you force oh yeah, not fun. sure, for sure. Like, if you if you have somebody that's into it, then it's a whole whole nother beast. Okay, see, so yeah, because I was that person trying to force my friends to play Star Fox multiplayer, <laughs> 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 and nobody was having a good time. I. You know, it is. A, it seems a little lackluster. It seems like it was almost kind of a last-minute addition to the game. Like, Nintendo was kind of like, all right, like, yeah, we have this really good game, but also, like, we've got four controller ports. We got to do something, you mm-hmm. know? And it, I don't know. It just, uh, yeah, it really just kind of seems tacked on to me. Uh, it's it, it, it kind of is. And then you also got, like, just, like, three stages that you can play on. yeah. And and they're the only good one is I think it's like Katina, it's not even like Corneria. I mean <laughs> I like there was a buddy of mine had a birthday a few years ago and I went he lives like an hour away from me, so I went over to his house and all of his friends were there and he was having like a fighting tournament or whatever. And like his friends all stayed downstairs playing fight a fight the fighting tournament and him and I went upstairs and just played Star Fox for like the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> so they would come up that's and like, a solid night play? though yeah they're like what are you playing like star fox and they're like ah, and they would leave <laughs> yeah it was it was almost more fun honestly to just take turns through the levels um and then yeah. you could also yell at your friend when they didn't take the right route or they fucked something up and <laughs> they got yeah. booted off the route um fa- one of my favorite levels from this game is the i don't remember the name of the planet but you're basically uh it's a train heist, essentially. Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth is so fucking cool uh, because it is just like you're going through all of these obstacles. There's enemies all over the place. Uh, meanwhile, there's uh, turrets on this train and stuff that's shooting you, uh, in which you also have to keep up with the train, shoot the train as well. There's so much going on. Uh, this is a... Uh, I almost said tank master. Same thing. Landmaster yeah, stage. Landmaster, yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the better Landmaster stages. And there's a part in this level in which you have to activate all of these switches. And if you activate all of them, you don't even have to do the boss fight, which is mm-hmm. so fucking cool. But the boss fight yep. is also cool. <laughs> like, So it doesn't even matter. You know, uh, ever I just, since I learned about the switches, I have never fought that boss again. And It's, it's so satisfying to see him just like flying into that building. Oh. Yeah, and, and then like the the feedback that you get on the on the controller on the sixty four from that. Oh, that's, we haven't even talked great. about the rumble pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the game was packed in with the rumble pack, and after that, every single game uh, got rumble pack support because immersion. <laughs> this is the rumble pack. The big reason why Star Fox 64 is the coolest cinematic gaming experience there is. It's designed with a force feedback device that lets players feel the game. Wait a second. You're telling me that this rumble pack actually lets players feel the game? What? Like you're actually in the cockpit, flying and fighting? It's impossible. Yeah, this is this was before the Dual Shock. This was uh, yes. 
the advent of uh, force feedback on a on a controller, which yeah, forward thinking took, from Nintendo, right? Yeah, it took two AAA batteries and it lasted forever. It's probably why I have arthritis. <laughs> just trying shaking. to hold that fucking try to ba- balance that N64 controller. You got you got uh, shaking baby syndrome on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's supposed to strengthen your wrist as a child. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so uh, the first time that I discovered that it, that you could shoot the switches and have them crash into the building, um, it takes you to Area Six. I had never gotten my ass beat so hard in Star Fox until that first time that I went to Area 6. Because that is just a gauntlet from start to finish for you to and get to. And it ends Star Wolf, right? That was, uh, so the, it is ends, that the Star Wolf level? No, it, it's, uh, it's, it's the Armada level, right? When you take the hard path to Venom. So it has those discs with the spikes one on top of the other, and it's like a whole long-ass level of just enemies. And it ends with a giant disc with tentacles and energy balls. So you have to shoot the energy oh, balls, tentacles. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You've unlocked the memory now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after that, after you kill that bastard, you get to fight Star Wolf and their new ships. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> I knew that was like towards the end of the game. And yeah. I do want to say like the dog fighting, the all range mode stuff in this game fucking incredible oh man it it, uh, it's so good like if for some reason i ever have to be in some sort of war and i have to fly a ship i just want them to put a nintendo 64 controller on it and give me star fox controls i'll be fine (laughs) so i think it it, we're it's safe to say that yeah like star fox 64 is you know, in my opinion, like nostalgia or not, I mean, again, I just replayed a majority. Well, I just replayed 64, but I just played the others, a majority of the others uh, just prior to recording this. And I still think Star Fox 64 is like the best one. It holds yeah. up so well. Yeah, It no, really it, does. It, it does. Like, like you, I went through all of the games. The only one that I didn't play was Adventures. And it's because when I bought my GameCube when I was a teenager, that's the only game I could afford. And I played that game so many times through completion. So I I, I don't need to play Adventures anytime soon. But all, none of the games compare to 64. They really don't. It's like so specifically made for the 64 mm-hmm. that... Unlike Star Fox Zero, which was so specifically made for the Nintendo Wii, um, <laughs> just um, it it is like I feel like more than maybe you know Ocarina of Time or uh, Super Mario. Well, not Super Mario sixty four. Uh, that's going a little bit too far, but it is like the game for the N sixty four. It is just that fucking good. It it, it is the app that you want.
Well, we're running short on time here, but we have one, two, three, four games left. Um, so we've got Star Fox Adventures, Star Fox Assault after that, Star Fox Command, and then Star Fox Zero. Any one of these games you just want to kind of uh, shout out, get your feelings out. Um, uh, yeah, let me let me do a quick or forever hold your peace. I guess let me do a quick fire. Uh, if you want uh, uh, Zelda with furries, play Star Fox, Star Fox Adventures. It, it it looks fantastic. <laughs> like it still looks incredible. The fur details on on the characters and the scales. It, it's it's so crazy good looking. Um, Star Fox Assault, I hated it when I played it when I was a teenager. I decided to buy an adapter for the GameCube to try it again. I fucking played the entire game, start to finish in one sitting. I I like it. I don't love it. I like it. Um, Star Fox Command is incredible, and it is the last canon Star Fox game before the reboot of Zero. Um, it, it's, a, it's Fire Emblem with Star Fox. If, if you like Fire Emblem and you like Star Fox, then I, I suggest trying this game because it is it is worth the play. And Star Fox Zero is broke my heart absolutely. The controls are fucking atrocious. There is an option for you to only make it so that the gyro works whenever you're shooting, and it kind of negates having to use motion controls throughout most of the game. But when they force you to use motion controls, you have to use motion controls. The fight, I hate motion controls. Oh, they're terrible. That's awful. <laughs> but sounds awful. I will say the best Star Wolf fight is in Star Fox Zero. It is right before Andros, and it is so good. It's just you against the four members of Star Wolves, and their ships transform into wolves. So while you're shooting one down, you have a bunch of them just running underneath you trying to shoot you. And then they transform and, and switch out. It is such a good fight. Like it, it, I made it drag out as long as possible because I was having such a great time with that fight. <laughs> like if I could go back and just play that fight over and over again, I would because it was a ton of fun. Um, then the final fight against Andros, you you need the motion controls for that fight, unfortunately, and because of that, that game is never going to get ported to Switch. The only one I feel like I can really uh, give a good opinion about uh, the one that I spent the most time with with was star fox assault um i do want to agree with you though with um you know star fox adventures i feel like from what i played i was like yeah this is probably just a really good adventure game but it's like not star fox you know it's no it's star fox in the sense that it's the star fox characters and you have like four on rail shooter segments but the rest yeah. is just zelda yeah, I was like, yeah, this is probably just like a, this would be a really good Zelda game. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it, but um, it's great until like two thirds in. Then at two thirds in, it kind of just like goes downhill quick because they just wanted to finish the game, so it, it like wraps up super quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, I likened it to like the Resident Evil fan base, where they're like, yeah, Resident Evil Five and Six are technically Resident Evil games, but they don't feel like Resident Evil games. I disagree with five, but six, I'll give it <laughs> <laughs> like it's just I don't know. It's just not Star Fox. It's it's literally Dinosaur Planet. That's what yeah, it is. It's so it was Planet. like, I'm like, well, I've been playing all these other Star Fox games and I want a Star Fox game. I don't want Dinosaur Planet. It's OK. It's more like the RE one is might be a, a bad comparison. It's Super Mario Brothers to USA. 
It's a Doki Doki Panic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of the, a lot closer. Yeah. Um, that, that yeah that tracks <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Star Fox Adventures was a, going to be just Dinosaur Planet at first, and then Nintendo was like, "Put Fox in there. It's a Star Fox game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no new IP. We can't afford it right now." <laughs> like, like Miyamoto looks and it's like, "Is that Fox?" It's like, "No, now it is." <laughs> like, no, it's not now it is. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the only I, the only one I can I feel like I could safely talk about is Star Fox Assault. That was developed by Namco, came out in two thousand five. Uh, man, uh, I feel like this game had a lot of potential. I I really do. Um, they bring back a lot of the on foot sections that Adventures had before it. I really appreciate how ambitious Star Fox Assault is. A lot of the sections where you're just kind of like seamlessly going from those on foot sections to jumping into your R wing and then just heading out into space and doing your dog fights and stuff and taking care of ships and stuff like that. Really fucking cool. Really good. The on foot controls are clumsy as shit. They, they just are dumb as dog shit. Yeah, they are. Th- they are first person controls on a third person camera with shitty guns. The only good gun is the machine gun and you get limited ammo for it Um, and then you get like these grenades that they don't even really tell you how to use so it's like i'm either under throwing them or overthrowing them because like the aiming reticle is like really fucking strange oh and if and if you manage to hit what you're throwing the grenade at it's gonna bounce off of it and roll away (laughs) or not even like affect the uh (laughs) the thing you want at all like yeah yeah and it's also tank controls which is fine with the landmaster but when you're moving fox around it's fucking strange. It's it's very weird. Uh, so, and not in the way that like like I'll defend tank controls in Resident Evil because those are very deliberate for a reason. But when you're in an open an open area, tank controls are not fucking good. No. Like <laughs> get that shit out of here. Uh, so I I I think because my teenage self teenage self was apparently an idiot. Um I remember hating the game, especially the Landmaster and the on foot segments. And I figured out why when I played it this time. And it's because the controls are inverted from the start. Mm-hmm. And there's a way for yeah. you to uninvert them. And when I uninverted them, the game makes made sense. And I just blazed through the rest of it. Um, the only one one control that I like inverted is the R wing because it makes sense to me on the R wing that up is down and down is up because ship. But in the Landmaster, no, on foot, why would I push up to look down on <laughs> yes. myself? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Ugh, man, and like the the unreal segments in that game were so good; they were yeah. spectacular. Yes. But then they kind of kind of like fuck shit up when they throw you on an arena and do stuff on foot, but hop in the ship if this bar gets too full. See, I didn't mind that part. I didn't mind. I thought, again, I thought it was very ambitious. And I was like, okay, it really does. They are really trying to mix up the gameplay, keep you on your toes and stuff like See, that. It is. Invi- I did ambitious. appreciate that. And I would have appreciated it more if in the air you had more space. Because it feels like it's very limited. Like you might have a palm tree just sticking out right where you need to be going. And 
it, fair, yeah. It felt cluttered to be in the air. Yeah, I, I thought, I didn't hate this game. I just wish it was better. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. like I said, it has a ton, it had a ton of potential. The, the, so here's, you know, before I wrap this up, a quick question about this game. When you changed the controls, were you able to just change the on foot controls and keep the R wing normal? So you can, so, or does that change everything? So when you go to the control options, it gives you like three different modes of how you want to control, to use the control. And then when you click on the one that you want, it'll open it up per R wing, per landmaster, per mm, on foot. Okay. So I could keep them the way that I wanted them. The only thing that I didn't like is that I had to go to the main menu and change it and then go back to the game. Maybe that would have helped. Yeah, maybe that would have helped the on-foot sections if I had, oh, no, had it, known it, that you could do that. But even still, like those on-foot, those on-foot sections are still pretty bland for the most part. Well, to wrap this episode up, I do have a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. The first one is, if the series was ever going to resurface... Where would you like it to go? Do you want more of the same? Do you want something different? Because those are technically multiple questions, but I I am <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, I would not hate another adventures game. I would love another Star Fox Adventures. Like I said, it's the first GameCube game that I owned that I bought with my own money. I played a shit ton of it. I loved it. I, I would love to see that again. The big Star Fox fan in me wants 64-2. So, on rails, all range mode, bunch of different hidden paths, different vehicles to use. I I want Star Fox to be what Star Fox Zero should have been, because Star Fox Zero has a bunch of big areas with a bunch of enemies, a lot of stuff to shoot down, a lot of stuff for you to do, but because of the control, it all feels super limited. Yeah, so I just want... I just want Star Fox Part 2, 64 Part 2. <laughs> you want the first game to be remade the, for a third time. For a fourth time. <laughs> or a fourth time, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, dude, like, I, I just, I just, like I said, I just want more, more of what makes this 64 special. Yeah, yeah. I think just because I came off so hot on Star Fox 2, I would like a Star Fox 2 remake. I think they could make that a lot fucking cooler than what it actually is yeah i i would like for them to do that and make it longer <laughs> I don't yeah want, i don't right. want to get through it in 15 minutes <laughs> and i mean maybe they could totally change you know they could really really go all out with that you know i kind of likened it to a roguelike but really lean hard into that and make combine that on rail shooting stuff with a roguelike i think that would be really fucking industry and maybe even getting to upgrade your ship getting those progressive upgrades through a roguelike and adding it to your ship and uh, and upgrading it making it your own ship or something like that like that would be fucking cool that's the thing that i've always wanted ever since i finished 64 for the for, for, the, for the first time because at the end you hand over to general pepper or pepper a bill for the amount of enemies oh, right. that you kill. <laughs> i wish that that money that he pays you could have been used to buy i don't know maybe the fucking wolfen because the wolfen is sick as fuck yeah yeah I will say, like, that's the other thing about Star Fox Assault is that I loved the redesigned R-Wings. Like, oh, those yeah. R-Wings looked sick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I really liked the ones in Command because they all got redesigned to fit the character. So, Falcos looks like a bird. 
Fox is the classic one. Peppy's kind of looks rabbit-ish. Pip, uh, Slippy's is rabbit-ish. Uh, his Slippy's girlfriend's is a tadpole. Cats look like a cat. Bill's is the ship from Star Fox 64 that Bill uses. That one's fucking so classy. Um, that one, they, they were, they did a very good designs for all the ships. Yeah. Yeah. I, it would be, I, I'm surprised that they never did dive into any of that ship customization stuff. I would have loved it. Uh, the other question I have for you is, and you've kind of already said, but you didn't really, say why um do you think star fox zero is doomed to the same coffin as the wii u yeah. is it just going to be stuck there it's, it's not coming back it's not getting out of it um pikmin 3 got out of the wii u because they decided to add an automatic lock-in function and it didn't really rely on the pad at all except for you know one character is talking to you so you see his text on the pad or you can have a map on the pad. Star Fox Zero is it, it, it's dependent on the pad. Like you have your secondary aim, your your real aiming on the pad. You have the motion controls. Um, the final fight against Andros, he's inside of a, a a pillar, and the pillar has a bunch of ledges. You have to find the correct ledge to land on to go through, and the way to do that is by looking at the Wii U pad. When you get oh. in there, it's all motion controls on the chicken walker and right. using the pad just to shoot him. It is, it's everything that they showed you how to do with the pad. You have to do it on that final fight. And it's just his hands and his head that you have to destroy. Yeah. Because if I remember right, the little bit that I did play, the stuff just won't show up on your screen. Yeah. No. Which is like, uh, on your TV screen rather. I, I just find it weird that they just can't transfer that to. It's like it's they have to take, be able to do it. Like they, right, <laughs> like, they can do it. The thing is, they won't do it because it's gonna be a metric shit ton of work. It, um, that sad man. I know we don't have the time to talk about it, but the development for that game and why it even exists is fucking fascinating. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Yeah. I, I it came out like only a couple months, like less than a year before the Switch came out, which is even. Yeah, more mind-boggling. But the I did like that at the end after you beat the game and the credits roll. Um, I wrote it down. I'm going to tell you the exact wording of what it says. It has a message uh, to Iwata. Oh, <laughs> I took a couple of notes. One of them is from Star Fox Assault when Fox uh, talks to o uh, Andrew one time right before he gets killed. He says, Oikini, you ignorant ape. And it sounds so much <laughs> like Dwight, you ignorant slut from the office. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so the, 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 the message is this game is dedicated to our wingman who fell in battle because he had passed a couple of months before the game came out. It's too bad most people won't even see that because nobody uh, owned a Wii U. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I love mine. I have that thing there collecting dust. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I love my Wii U. Um, last question. If you were a furry, which one of the furries would you be? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give the most beta answer possible and I would be Wolf <laughs> because I am okay. a wolf. 
<laughs> no, actually, I think Wolf's design is way cooler than Fox's. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> Would, uh, does Slippy even count? Because Slippy's a toad and toads aren't furry. Uh, there, isn't there like a, a furry poisonous frog or something? I don't know. This is a question for somebody else. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that – I don't know if in furry culture that's a legal furry. That's legal a, furry? That's oh. a good question. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to try to find out because I think I have a friend who's starting to become a furry. I'm going to ask her and I'll let you know what I find out. <laughs> Yeah, Mask Keaton, if you're listening to this, if you are on the Patreon, shoot me a DM. <laughs> um, with that, uh, that's that's pretty much going to wrap this uh, episode up. Chris, thanks for so much uh, coming on, dude. I know, um, you know, you had requested me to play this for uh, play Star Fox 64 for the listener request month. Uh, didn't get picked, but I, you know. Uh, behind the scenes here, I was looking at that list and there were a lot of games where I was like, I really want to play that. I really want to play that. And Star Fox 64 was one of those games. Where I was like, I really want to play that. <laughs> and I was just like, after I didn't pick it, I'm like, man, I don't know shit about Star Fox. So why don't I just do a, an entire episode on it? And I know you've talked about Star Fox on your podcast. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, my listeners are sick of it. They, oh, dude. It's like all of last week was just Star Fox, and I've reviewed Star Fox 64 like two times already. <laughs> I'm here. I hope I hope you got it all out uh, for their sake. Um, no, but yeah, I was like, I can't think no, of anybody better to even... I couldn't even think of anybody else to come on and talk about uh, these games, and um, I, when I get to them on the main feed, I, I know who I'm calling, but... Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, so, yeah, speaking of your podcast, uh, why don't you tell people about uh, your podcast? So th this this is hard to do. I've done it a couple of times and it's still hard. So my podcast is called A Novel Console. It is a podcast that I host with my wife. Um, she reads a book, I play a game, and then we both eat food and talk about it. Um, she, lately, um, it, it became a, a big a big task to finish a book and a game a week. It, it was becoming really hard. So we swept, swapped over to a uh, a, a version of it called read in place where she talks about whatever she's been reading throughout the week. And I, whatever I've been playing throughout the week. And that's been working for us. We do update about games that we've beaten or books that we finished. And, you know, uh, it's pretty much all of me being stupid the entire time and making fun of the things that we love and her trying to match my energy and sometimes making really good jokes that I don't catch until I'm editing the podcast, <laughs> which makes me feel like shit a lot of the times. <laughs> but no, yeah, it, it's a great time. We're everywhere and uh, everywhere you can get podcasts, YouTube and everywhere. So uh, please give us a listen. Yeah, I will. I will stand by that. I mean, it's like a book club beats a game book club game book club and also uh don't listen to the podcast if you're hungry uh i have done that plenty of times and you guys <laughs> fucking love to go in deep on on the food stuff because uh, oh, you guys travel man. you guys do a lot of traveling so you guys get to eat a lot of fucking great food from the sounds of it so yeah we we travel by by accident and reluctantly but <laughs> like the one trips that we that we do plan sometimes don't happen <laughs> that sucks <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What even got you guys to like? You guys just enjoyed like what? 
what was that even like for you guys uh during the pandemic i mean shit so we actually started during the pandemic and we would do a lot of takeout actually one day we did the battle of the chicken sandwiches and we went to churches chicken mcdonald's kfc uh chick-fil-a and popeyes and surprisingly church's chicken almost won church's chicken almost has the best chicken sandwich i don't think i've ever had churches in my entire life i've had most of those i don't think i've had churches though Ah, it's a texas thing and apparently a florida thing but it's a very big thing in puerto rico i grew up eating churches chicken and it's very different but we have a few of them in wisconsin you you should definitely try the it's it's a cheap sandwich too i think it's like three bucks for just a sandwich the only thing that kept it from not winning is that it wasn't crispy enough but it also had been sitting for like an hour before we actually got to it we'll throw that baby in an air fryer oh it was so fucking good (laughs) (laughs) well hey thanks again for coming on dude i really appreciate it that way was a great time man i'll come on anytime you need me to absolutely man sounds good and thank you dear patrons thank you for your patronage thank you for your donations and i will see you guys next month with another side quest episode